And now for something completely different. Hi. Welcome to the future. Remember, no guts, no galaxy. All right, welcome to the No Guts, No Galaxy podcast number 170. Phil here. I'm your lonely host tonight. It is January 7th, 2019, the first podcast of the year. Unfortunately, Darren, a.k.a. Bombadil, a.k.a. Mama Bear, a.k.a. The Beard of Wisdom, a.k.a. Gandalf's brother, cannot be here. Everyone in chat, chat, F, F for Gandalf, F for Bombadil. But for real, we're going to miss him. It's a little weird not having him here. So instead, we've got someone else. But before we get there, I just want to say support for this podcast is brought to you by our patrons. We'd like to thank our Twitch VIP patrons tonight, Grease Monkey, Chiyun, Rogard, Billy Rubin, The Chad, Grim Reaper X, Nightbird, Kagaru. Thank you guys so much for all the support and becoming Twitch VIPs. Would you like to support the podcast? Find out more at patreon.com forward slash no guts, no galaxy. And of course, tonight's guest, you can probably guess that individual right there, that, that chin, that smile, that, that grin, just call me A-S-H. Some pronounce it Ash. How are you doing? How, are you, how, how is uh, how's the weather down under? Oh, I'm all right, mate. Uh, it's warm here. Well, it's getting warm. It's um, definitely not, uh, was it 30 degrees Fahrenheit at 30 degrees Celsius, <laughs> generally speaking. So it's a bit warm, but... I like the heat. It's good. I don't. I don't mind it. I was gonna say. Um, I think you guys are on summer now, right? Going into we your summer. Just coming into right on peak summer, basically the next month. So yeah, it's on. It's definitely on. And uh, look forward to getting my tan on uh, before I go back to winter. Yeah, I I, th- I like that. It's time to kick ash and chew bubble gum. I like that. Uh, anyways, <laughs> like say again, welcome to chat out there. Uh, it is podcast number one seventy. It is two thousand nineteen. And uh, as we mentioned, we have a lot of podcasts, and one of those we wanted to do, uh, and probably a few of them, is with Ash and other community members, along with some of the uh, uh, participants in the World Tourney, uh, which I will be reaching out to now that we are back. Uh, But of course, like say, uh, welcome to everyone out there. Cheers, uh, coffee, uh, and of course, if you you don't drink coffee, I don't know if I can trust you. All right, so um, some some accolades. Uh, you are an EMP team member. You were at uh, the World Tourney. You're also a streamer. Um, what are some other credentials you have? That uh, MRBC, I'm assuming. What what what, yeah, what you got yeah. under the belt? Oh, I've done MRBC shoutcasting for I think the last eight eight months. That's kind of how I got into streaming. Everyone's like, "Well, you're good at shoutcasting. Why don't you stream?" I'm like, "Nah, can't be stuffed." But that's where we ended up doing it. So um, I've been doing that uh, for a year. Actually, that's where I started. Literally, I started shoutcasting, not streaming. And um, at the moment, we're starting up a uh, a new comp league, um, Battle for Midway plus others um, on a new Discord uh, because the MRBC admins at the moment are, um, sorry, are uh, a little bit busy with life and all that sort of stuff. And... Uh, so we've uh, gone with a little bit more creative freedom and whipped up a new Discord to organize at least three or four tournaments this year for MechWarrior. So, okay. And on top of that, I own a couple of steakhouses. So that's always pretty good, right? Where, where if they want more information on that, where can they go? Um, Anywhere yet? Or is it to be announced? As in for the comp leagues, um, we will do... Uh, there's actually a post on Reddit, I think, um, about the new Discord uh, okay. somewhere. Uh, uh, 
Krasnopesky posted that uh, from JGX. There's already about 400 people already on there. I think just having a quick look at it at the moment, 300. So <clears throat> okay, cool. Um, we'll keep posting more information on the Reddit, um, the official forums, all that yep. sort of stuff. The new battle for midway season, we're actually right in the thick of um, <clears throat> baiting the rules and, and uh, the dates and stuff. So signups, what's that? Mid-Feb, so about six weeks from now. Um, and then a two-week gap between signups and tournament start. So basically start of March, we will uh, kick off for a... 8v8, six-week season, or maybe five weeks, still working that out too, of um, Battle for Midway. Awesome. Thank you. And of course, uh, we'll get more information. Uh, we'll post a link in the description of the Discord link for you guys uh, as well. And uh, look forward to hearing more about that. Okay, so let's let's dive in. We've got a few topics for you. I'll go list them out for you guys. And, and we may skip around a little bit here and there, but we're going to be talking about faction play uh, tonight. We're going to be talking about matchmaker slash PSR as well. Uh, we're going to be talking about uh, the Rage Factor Lerms. And, of course, we will be talking about the much... Would it be uh, Side Torso Destruction, the Heat Spike? Would it be Sane? I, I don't know if uh, Pitchforks and Flames quite covers everything. But, uh, yeah, that as well. Um, How about we go with the hottest topic right now? <laughs> yeah, escort. No one talks about escort. Escort's gone, and I don't. I don't think it's coming back. So, uh, so there's that, and the masses rejoice. Yay! All right. So, um, <laughs> um, yeah, actually, you were there too. We were at VetCon, right? That was yeah. So I think the just it was a good call. Let's just uh, side note. I was sitting right next yep. to you. Yeah, <laughs> sitting right next to one face, and then Paul Russ. But yeah, I was remember that very clearly. It was good. Yeah. All right. So uh, faction play. Um, we we have some changes coming. Obviously, that was one of the things at MetCon. Uh, Russ and, and Paul talked about. Um, and of course, then we've got uh, incoming changes in April. You were a part of this discussion on the forums, and that discussion was where basically I guess we can take the current faction play and what adjustments can be done in the framework that is the current, right? So basically not spinning it, like scrap everything. This is what now faction play is. You are more along the lines of, I guess, realist in that sense. Um, so the changes, yeah. you've been helping the dialogue go. What are your thoughts? And are the changes coming uh, aligned with those thoughts as far as adjustments you'd like to see? I think the, the first thing that people need to remember um, is in scope, out of scope, for a business, what's feasible, what's not. I mean, multi-business owner myself and have run a number of them over the years, I kind of get that you, everything will pie in the sky ideas while they're great. Hey, they cost money, they cost time, and they just it might require a ground up rewrite of everything. And not that I'm trying to say that other people's ideas are bad, but... I think a lot of them, uh, not a lot of them, but some of them are very unrealistic. Like it's just it, the scope of work that PGI would need to do to get some of these ideas in place. Mate, we won't see it inside of 18 months. Yeah. So is it going to happen? Probably not, right? Yeah, gotcha. Being realistic. Gotcha. Okay. So um, that's it. Um, Paul, uh, after not having a uh, super huge announcement on the stage at Metcon, uh, quickly posted up a new thread. Um, I'll, I'll give you that link later. Um, in the developer outreach section, um, yep. basically outlining what um, they're going to look towards. Um, and there's a yellow, orange, blue, and green system um, of various what's coming, what's approved, uh, what's reconsidering, all that sort of stuff. Um, 
a lot of it is is good. It's a good start. Um, there was a further update posted. What was that third of January? Um, probably my day. Probably second of January for everyone else. Uh, by Paul about the matchmaker. I think the matchmaker is actually a really good one um, for faction play. Will it reinvigorate the mode? Um, no, um, but a lot of people have been crying out for a matchmaker, um, particularly for the solos to balance those um, those, those matches out, and even small team games. We've got four players of maybe a mid-skill level, and you might have two solo players of a super high skill level, you know, like myself and some other guy. Like, we're going to cream even a good organized four-man on the other side. Like, it's it's going to be a good a good fight in some ways, um, but a bad fight in others. So, Matchmaker, um, and yeah, I'll find that video so you can link that in the link in the in the comments as well, so people can actually watch it, right? So they yep. can have an actual look at the uh, Matchmaker video that Paul posted up, which sort of outlines what they're sort of heading towards. I like it. I- I'm a fan of that. Like, I've got no complaints or issues, whatever. I think that's a good thing. And as far as the experience when it comes to solos and then, of course, organized groups, I think something that always gets pointed out when I stream and the, the topic comes up is for the most part, faction play is for groups, for units mm-hmm. to get involved, right? And even when, you, when you're when looking at like uh, scouting and stuff, it's you want to be a part of a, a group or a unit that's running for organized. That's where you're going to see the most success and that you don't run into those organized groups. Now, this change obviously makes some adjustments and basically says if you're dropping solo, it does a better job of placing you inside a match um, and Pretty that, much, yeah, yeah. And, I mean, it does sort groups as well. Um, so it is sorting the groups first and then dealing with the solos yeah. at the end. And um, having sat down, had a good chat with Paul about it, you know, Paul's like, well, faction play is for groups. And I'm like, dude, I 100% agree. Like, I do. Like, I'm 100% behind it. So um, you can definitely feel that um, flicking over into the matchmaker. The groups get priority and solos get put to the end. I mean, the faction play is a group play. That, that's yeah. honestly the way it should be. If you're not in a group... You shouldn't be in faction play. Well, not that you shouldn't, or you shouldn't have access to it. That maybe it's not going to be the best experience. Perhaps. And, and me and Darren have even argued in the past. Um, I've always been of the mentality that uh, maybe, just maybe, we should have never allowed solos in the first place. You know, maybe, just maybe, the argument of well, I don't have a whole lot of time. Well, then faction play isn't for you, mate. Like, like you need to join a unit, uh, be a part, uh, organize because the experience. Um, just isn't going to be appropriate, and especially if you're getting a bunch of solo players on your team that are organized um, as well. But uh, so, okay, so the adjustments coming, um, if we can just, yep. we'll just, and this is, they've got yellow, orange, blue, and green. Uh, so green is complete and coming in the future patch. And I think one of these uh, is happening like soon. I think next month they said one of these, I can't remember which one. Uh, bring back Q count. That's coming back. That's already done. It's already uh, done. Yeah, he's in, actually. Okay, although so it doesn't work properly. Okay, okay. Um, it's bugged. Um, it needs a bit of attention. Paul, are you listening? Please fix. Um, and same for the UI. So the refresh on the friends lists, um, that is still bugged, doesn't work. So they've been implemented, just need a bit more love. Um, and the four drop decks, that's going to be pretty good. I know drop a lot decks, of guys yep. are pretty keen for that. So. Um, we had the refresh on friends list that went in and didn't work, and that's been patched, and it's a little bit different. Uh, but at least now that you can see who's online. Um, and then a tool for players to enter planetary data. That's going to be interesting as so long as 
no shenanigans happen, I guess. That's that's a I lot of, that's a lot of I trust. I can't wait to see what it appears on Gookin's Pleasure Pit or something. Right. The like, descriptions are going to be amazing. Well, maybe where they, I, I don't know if it'll be like open to everyone or if they are going to say, hey, you're sort of like a moderator, like, you know, uh, or a picky, picky unit and you've got someone that, you know, as long as you don't abuse it, you know, we're going to work with you on that. Um, yellow, we have primary feature. And of course, Paul sort of said this, which is, really make a reason for taking planets, which of course is story, lore, faction. And one thing I will say is um, I've seen that used to great strengths in leagues like MBT in the past, uh, in the past, uh, as far as uh, Mech 4, where you actually got bonuses as well for writing. And there's always someone in your unit that likes to just type and, and, and do a story and dialogue. So I think that's, that's obviously a good reason. Um, and, uh, of course we have objective play reward increase, adjust launch countdown, called a, called a, uh, arms timer, uh, rewards for called arms participation. Um, let me back up here more than four drop decks. How do you see that playing out? And is that something that you feel will be used all the time? Oh, look, a lot of players have got buttloads of MC sitting there doing nothing, right? So... If you've got your four decks filled, you know, one for brawling, one for mid-range, one for long range, one for hero mechs, one for this, one for that, <clears throat> allowing maybe six or eight, I don't know what's coming, um, I'd say six or eight probably fits into the UI pretty well. Um, that'll just allow those guys to have easier selection because right now you only get 60 seconds to select your deck or to change it uh, when you get a match or a timer. Um, if you instant lobby, you only have 60 seconds and for a lot of people that is a massive frustration if you don't click it what seems to be before the five second marker hits deck doesn't save you've now got the wrong mechs for the map and you just end up going well bugger me now i've got 25 minutes of pain and agony playing a brawler ratless on alpine peaks or something gotcha and that sucks so and i think chad agrees okay cool um obviously i was expecting that but uh yeah so we do have some changes coming down um expanding the lore and global descriptions in faction play well um so overall you're happy with the adjustments you're happy with the matchmaker change um is there any other small change that you could see uh, that would help in the short term one that i could see that would help um out of those lists is, is, is the tug of war mechanics. Um, they need to be altered. They're not very good. Um, can't clap, capture planets at the moment. Basically, you can drop with your unit or get two other units, whatever, dropping, smashing a planet for, for eight hours or seven hours and 50 minutes. All that counts are the last two wins. If the opposition somehow wins the last two matches, you've wasted eight hours of sitting in your chair, flogging, flogging it out, bashing it, bashing it, bashing it for hours to try and get your planet tags and you just miss out, literally. Two games or three games so, is the deciding factor for an eight-hour conflict, and that shouldn't be right. Okay. That, that is so let me very ask much you, not okay. Let's, let's break that down. Uh, should we even have eight hours? Because when you guys oh. say that, when, when, we, when we talk about this, I've always felt that we've got certain populations, obviously time zones everywhere. Would it be crazy to just have faction play open during certain time windows? and or potential days as well. I mean, would that help consolidate things? And would that help stop the, why am I fighting for eight hours and not doing anything when all that matters is the last like hour? And then could you, could that be consolidated? 
It, it could be. You'd still need to change the way the tug-of-war bar works, though, right? It's still the way the percentages are calculated. It doesn't matter whether the window is open for 36 hours or even three hours. It, it wouldn't really matter. It still comes back to 95% capture threshold. Is It doesn't take into account how many wins you've had over the duration because every time you restart a period, your bar starts at 50%. Now, you've got to win 30 games to get it to 95%. And then all of a sudden, the other opposition gets it back to 93% with two wins. And you're like, well, okay, that, was, that wasn't that was great. Okay, so the duration, so, uh, you were basically saying uh, an adjustment to that. What would be an adjustment that you'd like to see as far as can you just repeat It should that? be more based on win calculation um, in terms of how many wins have you had. Granted, if you're, say, attacking a planet, you need to... You actually attack it a bit more than the defenders need to defend it to take over its planetary defenses, forces, you know, dominate their people, whatever, right? You know, grand, grand conqueror and all that kind of gotcha. stuff. I get it, um, but it just needs to not be 95%. It maybe needs to be closer to, say, 80 85%, and also then be even a percentage of wins versus losses, perhaps, um, of the actual battles on that tug of war, then perhaps factoring into it a little bit as well. If the wins then mean a lot more rather than just blindly bashing and until that 95% bar gets full and then you can you can get you say we've actually had it a few times um but about 12 months ago you get the bar to 100% all of a sudden your winnings now count for nothing because the bar is already at 100% and then yeah you have one team come along and they win three games in a row and you're like oh well I've wasted my time because my wins at 100% have not counted for anything more okay that is yeah if so, it was win percent based or, you know, win loss, like a calculator based on that, once you get to a certain threshold of wins, then the other team has to win a certain amount of games back or something. That would, I think, be a bit better. Okay. So is 24-7 good? I like it. Um, I mean, I play US time zone fairly regularly. I play oceanic time zone less regularly only because the oceanic time zone is... The population just isn't there anymore. Um, I mean, we've even seen that at a comp level. We've gone from, what, three divisions a couple of seasons ago to none. Like, we've had to merge um, the Oceanic <laughs> into the US um, just because of lack of teams. And, you know, US teams have been accommodating to adjust their play times and all that sort of stuff. So those two can overlap. Um, and um, the EU, um, I, as far as I know, the EU is still tra traveling fairly, fairly well. Problem is I'm asleep, so I don't really see what goes on there a lot. That literally is the eight hours I'm asleep. So um, I don't think it's bad. I don't think 24-7 is a bad thing um, necessarily for the time zones. But if you want to capture planets in Oceanic, forget it. Like it is literally impossible. So hence why a win versus loss percentage would be much better than a 95% tug of war bar that you have to fill all the way up. So that would mean even if there are only 15 games in Oceanic, if you won 10 out of those 15, you get the planet. That would actually, to be honest, maybe invigorate a little bit of the Oceanic population to come back. Okay. Because you're actually fighting for something and you can now achieve something. Okay. Um, is there any other small thing? Because to me, that's an adjustment that's relatively small, right? That's just, yeah, yeah you know, probably so. an XL... Um, I don't think that that's not a game mechanic. That's already what's there. And can you just alter it? So is there any other small thing that it maybe isn't even on this list? Or I'm assuming what's on Ooh, this list. Yeah? I've got one. And it's going to be, I don't want to say that I don't like one of Paul's ideas, but it's one okay. of them, and it's a big red flag for me um, in his update that he posted last week was um, participating Merc units and locking out 
a so i'm a member of a merc unit yeah. i can't drop unless i'm in a group of two now i've got to then find someone that is a, one in a merc unit two has the same faction that i've aligned myself with and this is during a bigger event right one of the larger events and then i've got to wait for them in oceanic to get out of their drop or out of their quick play match read my message agree to join me in faction play it could take me 15 minutes to find just a group of two right that is definitely going to discourage people from playing the mode i mean some people just want to drop solo they just want to be a merc and they just want to drop solo they acknowledge their choice that they've chosen to drop solo and now they're essentially going to be locked out of the game mode. Literally. Okay. So you're saying maybe not do that change, but then it goes back to. I the guess... change is fine. Um, I just, I don't agree with the locking it to two just for Merc unit members. So okay. loyalists don't have the restriction. Freelancers okay. don't have the restriction. I think Mercs, uh, you know, Merc unit players or mercenaries, essentially mercenaries, sorry, better term for that they shouldn't be locked into having to be in a group. Okay. Again, that goes against what I said earlier, that faction play is for groups and all that yeah, sort of stuff. Yeah, and that's what I was going to ask but, is, you know, solo, should that be... But, gotcha, if, if it's only for do it, Freelancers can do it. Why mercenaries should be okay. able to do it too. And th the only reason I say that is it literally, it locks you away, some players, from playing the mode. I mean, you never want to lock players out from from playing something. It just, it just lowers your population. Okay. Um, and of course... I think the we're going to find out more information about faction play when we sit down with Paul and and talk more. And I and I feel like the, some of the the things that even Russ mentioned, which was the discussion of, as far as MWO faction play, um, obviously more information to come. Um, so if if someone don't get me wrong, I mean the idea behind trying to drive the storyline is good. I like it. Um, I mean, that's what everyone's been saying. Well, not everyone, but a lot of posts on the forum have sort of been saying that. I mean, me as a player, man, I just want to shoot. Right? That's what I, I just want to blow stuff up. I'm yeah. not too worried about the story. But a lot of guys want the story and a bit more purpose. And, you know, tug of war changes. You've actually got some option and some purpose. Um, and along with some of these other things, it, it's not bad. You know, it's, it, it's driving you to do things. Probably not the content a certain person with a washing basket's looking for, but it's still some kind of content. Yeah, no, totally understand. And and we talked about this. I feel like the discussion as far as, you know, can we can we consolidate or make changes to the current faction play and make it enjoyable for everyone out there? And obviously that's sort of what this thread and the goal is. And I feel like this discussion needs to happen after we sit down with Paul uh, and, and maybe a take two as well uh, with you, Ash, to get your feedback on that. Yeah. Or po po potentially even having you there, depending on what, uh, how Paul wants to do that. Because I feel like... I was going to suggest that. Yeah, because... <laughs> I, I can come along and just maybe yeah. pop in here, comment yeah. here or there. That'd be really good. I think a lot of people out there would be pretty happy with that. Because I feel like uh, we mentioned this before is, uh, you know, c can we make what's currently there, the, the structure, enjoyable? And of course, bring back players that want to and can we make it so that uh you know obviously events and and stuff and people are engaged and enjoying the game mode and, and and it's at least better than where it's currently at so i feel like that discussion needs to happen and we were just going to touch on of course what we touched on right now with faction play with the adjustments coming and small changes um but if someone wants to get involved with faction play i think we already sort of said it which is get involved with the unit uh that being said, I actually had someone in stream ask me about joining a unit, and I feel like that's where um, you've got 
community discords. You've got uh, obviously the competitive discord that you just mentioned. I feel like that would be a good place for pretty much any unit that's going to be participating in it. That would be, and of course, not all units are competitive, but you can put your feelers out there on that kind of discord as well. And I guess, should they join a unit? Do you... Hard, right? Like it's, you know, um, I've been a part of a few units over the years uh, from the very first unit I started with and, you know, we kind of didn't get along and then we split off to the, the most chilled out awesome bunch of dudes that I've played this game with for like three years, you know, and, and, and sometimes it's a bit hard to um, find your place. Actually, it's probably a really good thing as if you could have some sort of in-game way to find units um you know their size um maybe even you know if there's a faction play ranking elo level it would show you that what their ranking is even it could rank the units in terms of how good they are or you know you could post up a, whether you're a training unit or a, a casual unit or a competitive unit um but even on the forums it's really really hard to find like to yeah. find the faction play unit menu you have to scroll from the main screen to faction play to what is it uh units and recruitment sub forum and then you've got your, your your clan loyalist or your is loyalist and your merc unit sub forums like it's it's very not it's really not easy to find a unit you really have to want to do it to find it so, so i think making that easier would would really help um and in-game recruiting man i think that would that would be mate supreme feature right there I mean, so an ability to like maybe click on faction play leaderboard and you could see because i mean really yeah. it's just statistics you could basically make it so anytime your units participate in faction play it's taken whether it's now i guess you could split it whether it's uh so uh, as far as um scout and then of course the regular game mode you could basically take the win loss ratio and that would be the global percentage so it, it speaks volumes. I mean, that's how easy. Yeah, and then you, you could click it for that. And yeah, you know, I could see some guys saying in, in the chat, you know, they, they don't want to be searching for a unit. No, no, that's fine. That's you fine. You don't, no don't need to, force yeah, you yeah. to do it. But if and then, you want to, it's really, really hard. Like you have yeah, to actively. Yeah. And then clicking on the and unit crunch. and then maybe it lists like, hey, contact. Yeah. Here's a PM and it con uh, you can send a message to the recruiting officer, whoever it lists. Boom, that's easy. Yep. It's simple. They can see the message. They can respond whenever they need to. There you go. Um, but you could have a it's just a search button in game right okay. so for in-game recruiting you have four things you could select are you a, a just a competitive unit are you faction play are you you know quick play casual whatever you know and you can't you know you can't sort of be competitive or casual at the same time yeah. or, or there's certain restrictions around that so you can't just be the oh, i'm the unit for everybody come come join me that well, kind of doesn't really help anyone that, to narrow down what they want and it's interesting someone just mentioned this said i would rather spend my time gaming not searching for a unit or chatting on ts discord i have no time for that junk and it's interesting because i could argue there will be certain game modes and i feel like there's certain game modes in games that basically say that game mode isn't for you then right and i've always sort of felt and i sort of mentioned that earlier whereas faction plays has catered to everyone and because of that you get those imbalances right to to get yep. everyone involved then you're gonna have some weird you know uh stuff happen to matchmaker because there's solos mixed with groups and so forth and oh well we just keep getting stomped and i drop solo and i keep facing big groups well the that's and anyways i can see that's that's where the matchmaker changes to faction play i think are a good thing where like you said it does groups first yeah, and I, solos at the end. i think it's 
probably too late to go down that road. Like if it was going to be done like that, it should have been done from the outset with, you know, the population on the decline. I mean, it's no secret. The population games are taking longer to find. You can't then go and segregate things now. Like that should have been done maybe three or four years ago, but. Sure. Yeah, matchmaker now will help to alleviate some of that it's, so that's it's something and lesson if you learned solo, you yeah can. yeah lesson learned definitely um so anyways i feel like this discussion as far as faction play let's let's i think that's Ooh. good it's ending point um and uh <laughs> team speak funny enough we're using team speak right now um yeah i know right right <laughs> um all right so this discussion to be continued i feel like we do need to sit down and talk with uh to Paul and uh, get a better idea too of, of what potentially is this on this doc the goals and and is this the overlying vision uh, and we'll go from there let's go and roll into a very fun topic I think oh dude it's on now right? <laughs> I, like, I like this topic matchmaker <laughs> and PSR now <laughs> this gets brought up every single time I stream in every single match and of course it's always the teammates fault for losing and GG matchmaker and tier potato and everyone's going to be tier one. Um, what else is there? Uh, you're really not a tier one player. Let's see. I mean, uh, what, what else is there? Oh yeah. There's all right. Of it, <laughs> um, so the, I, I feel like we have to do a little bit of history moment here. We yep, used yep, to have ELO, right? And ELO was on a per individual basis and it worked. It, it did exactly what it did, but it was very, very restrictive. But at the time with ELO, we also had a different matchmaker, which matched weight class to weight class or tried to the best it could. So it not only had to match ELO, it then had to match weight class to weight class. And I remember Jaeger and Co sitting for like 45 minutes plus waiting for matches because they were top of the ELO bracket and they couldn't find matches. Now, granted, that's where blow-off valves happen. For those that don't know, it's okay, this is the parameters. If uh, the player hits X wait time, then it's going to open up these valves so the players can get matches. So I feel like we have, we have two different things, which is matchmaker, which is the responsibility to, I would say, find you matches within a given time frame, right? Wait time. Yep. I think that's that's fair, and that has nothing to do with skill per se. Based on in this case, solo or a group, and that has to do with group as far as tonnage, and you have your restrictions there. And then you have PSR, which is player skill rating, and of course that came in after Elo. Um, from Paul's post and his word of mouth, it, when the change happened. They said it was a net improvement on matchmaker's ability to find matches. And that was because instead of uh, uh, having a match for weight class, it then only had, you only had to fill in the tonnage and it just, it just went. So uh, that was an improvement as far as uh, finding matches via that. That's, that's what he said. And PSR is a global system uh, that gives you an average. And it's not necessarily indicative of your skill level. It's more of uh potentially your experience in the game per se but but um he has also mentioned that the system could use some adjustments here or there so that's what we're going to talk about which is perception versus reality matches and outcomes of uh, of matches and 
your thoughts, obviously, and your, your input on solo and group, because again, we're not talking about faction. We're not talking about Solaris. Um, yep. Do you think the perception, like, do you think it's skewed? Do you think players, like, I guess any other games, blame because they lost and, and it's just this perpetual thing? Do you think that at any given time, uh, there is, I guess, a legitimacy to the complaints? And, uh, or is it just one of those things where maybe it's a mixture of both? It's definitely a mixture of both. I mean, <laughs> without blowing my own trumpet on my stats, my win loss is well above 2.0 from memory. So, you know, I'm not losing all the time. I'm carrying games a lot, right? And a lot of other good players do similar things. Now, the guys that say, oh, I'm on a 20 loss losing streak. Okay. Is that matchmaker's fault or is that because you're too high in PSR or is that because of just your own poor play. I think there's the three factors there, you know, one that could be matchmaker. It could be because PSR has put you in a tier that you should definitely not be in. And over time, that's what happens to basically everybody. Um, or you, you just had a bad match. <laughs> like, Or did they really lose 20 matches and they're just sort of blowing a number out of proportion and they only lost like two. And then, you know, like, so I feel like is that source reliable as well? Right. Uh, I, I would definitely believe that you can have a 15 loss yeah? streak, man. I've had it. I've had it. And really? It's, oh, oh yeah. Gosh. I'm not. I'm not even joking. You just. That's where you just go. I'm done. Like I'm logging off. I'm, I'm going home. I'm going to bed. Whatever. You know. I'm done. Okay. It happens, man. Okay. It happens. It does. Okay. So it happens. Uh, you have a bad day or a bad week, maybe. Um, and of course, that can be really discouraging, right? And currently with PSR, you don't really lose PSR that fast but also to be fair is there's some people that don't travel up the chain as fast right if they've got thousands of matches previously and they've been sort of stuck in the, the tier four and moving on to tier three i just feel like um this is one of those where to what end are people wanting changes now you you have an example here that we talked about which is potentially Ooh, yeah. uh what we can dive into um but one thing i always question is regardless of what system you go with whether it's psr and, and what you're going to suggest or an example of whether you break the the psr into based on population like uh, a curve and 20 percent in each tier whatever or 20 in the edges and it gets whatever it is yep how many are on at a given time and how many are playing either solo or group at a given time and then how many are in the pool at any given time and i feel like that's sometimes just sort of washed oh, over is is there a and i've always said is there a perfect solution to making all matches amazing absolutely not that is the biggest pipe dream out there anyone that ever says that you're silly. I'd use a much more figurative word, but I'm being very politically friendly right now. You're, you're, you're crazy. Like it's, you're never going to have perfectly awesome competitive matches game in, game out. Okay. Can it be improved? Absolutely. Um, how much is it going to improve? I think it's very hard to put a number around it. Like, oh, 20% of my matches are going to be better or not. You know, that's, that, that's a variable. Will most matches overall improve if there are changes to the way PSR works? in line with, uh, you know, my image, which we'll do in a minute, maybe. Um, yeah, absolutely. It would help. I mean, but again, I mean, 12 well, stomps are still going to happen. It's yeah, a fact of what, what is game. that? What does that mean, improving matches? Because you get a very different 
I would say answer to this. I've had players that say you'd see more like or less 12 0 stomps. And then I've had the exact opposite, which is actually you would see potentially more 12 0s or, you know, a good game is 11 12. And then you have the argument of no, there were just a lot of mistakes in an 11 12. Um, I think ultimately what it comes down to from what I've seen, and correct me, is that when you drop, or, or anyone drops, they're expecting others on their team to be of like-minded skill, right? So that if I'm at the, if I'm a tier one, I'm expected to have good situational awareness. I'm expected to know how to utilize my mech, which is really tough too sometimes because what if you're goofing off and it doesn't take an effect what mech setup you have. So there is that. But even if you're goofing off, a good player, <clears throat> Proton, can take a janky ass setup and still do really well. So I feel like that's the case as far as, but sh is that how it works in other games in, in solo? It, or do they lean on, hey, an average, you know, uh, average, uh, you know, PSR score and you're expected to carry uh, and the same thing's happening on the other enemy team? Yeah, look, I think it's, as long as you have, you know, less of those absolute roles where, you know, you've got two light pilots dead in the first 30 seconds of the game because they've just yolloed into, I don't know what. And, you know, you look at their stats at the end of the game and you look at the overall score and you look at the way the matchmakers set it up, you know. So you put the matchmaker currently, right? It will put me, oh, sorry, myself, say Bowser and say Chimera on the same team three emp dudes if we click search at the same time the chances of us all being on the same team it's it's entirely possible yeah. the matchmaker should uh so apart from psr being wrong this is almost getting kind of getting ahead of my point but there should be a secondary adjustment once 24 players are found it should then balance them internally to the teams now i understand that that will cause problems with weight classes and flicking in here and there. But I would rather not have two other unit members of my team that I know are at the top level of the game on my team and at least be shooting at one of them. Like it stands a better chance of not being a role, especially if there's two other dudes that are quite good as well. Um, and they've got very, very good stats too. stick them on the other team. And now we've almost got, you know, three or four good players, you know, plinking at each other all match. And it should be, a little bit better than a 12-0 stomp than if you put three of us on one side. Okay, so it's going to happen. So what you just mentioned, though, I, I'm I'm going to go on a limb and say is solo, right? Yep. Let's let's talk about quick play group because and uh, Opie, if you're watching, I'm allowed to talk about this because it's on a podcast. Uh, he has a timer. Anytime I talk about group and matchmaker, it's I've been going on like two years. I anyway. <laughs> um, all right, so let's let's talk about this. You're talking about solo, and and I can see that, and we've I, I've literally had that happen multitudes of times so you're saying is a good fix would be the current psr if if the matches found 24 players look through the players and maybe spread those numbers out so both sides well, do we want to go to the image firstly if we can because yeah. that's kind of part two and then the other that the image is sort of part one sure. to it and if you fix part one part two is going to be a lot easier as well okay so uh we have this up on the screen and this Wait. is an example of your tier rank player by average score match score with greater than 500 yep. games. Right. Yep. So thank you to uh, the guys that do Yars List uh, for this, by the way. Access to this data makes it easily to read. Now, for everyone watching at home or at work or whatever, wherever you are on the toilet, uh, the tier numbers 
they're just examples, right? They are not hard set. They are just, the, the PSR should be treated as a bell curve. The upper end should be the upper end and it should not be as populated as the lower end. Now the middle end, if it's more populated, right? It's going to balance out because right now the way the matchmaker works is it goes two tiers. So tier five, tier three can play together. Tier two, tier four can play together. But tier one can only play with tier two and tier three. So if the bulk of the players are in tier three and their match score is sorting them effectively, wouldn't really hurt wait times too much. Now, again, PJ, I have the exact numbers and data and they could work out where to balance those numbers, right, in the scale. What number is works for tiers two, three, one, you know, four, all that sort of stuff. The difference is, though, I mean, honestly, if someone has played... And I mean, we always say PSR is an experience bar, right? If one player has done 5,000 games, he's got 170 average match score and a win-loss of 0.8, he's not tier one material, yet he is in tier one. He should be in tier four because, I mean, after 5,000 games, if you haven't got the skill or the experience control to, you know, pilot your mech to have a, a positive impact on the game, and if you lose more often than you win, you're probably not having that much of a, 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 a win sure. positive effect on the game. You should probably be in tier four. Okay. Now looking at this graph, I think it's one thing to say is you're basically saying is base this alter PSR. So it's a little bit more appropriate to your level of play that uh, obviously you don't track up and potentially that you actually lose a little bit uh, as well, right? PSR uh, a little bit quicker. Cause again, I, I have never gone down uh, or, or yeah. maybe, but I guess is if you had a better curve as far as the player base, the majority of your matches would be tier three. And even if you had the plus or minus two, which again, I still feel like you're going to need because at any given time- Oh, you have to have it. Yeah, you yeah, have to have that. And, and this is where it goes back to my question of to what end? Because I do think this would improve your, your overall experience, maybe solo, right? And a group is a different- conversation we'll get into that but the reason i say to what end is at any given time how many actual tier ones so let's just say i'm still a tier one player maybe tier two i don't know whatever i'm tier one yeah i'm gonna blow my yeah whatever i'm gonna i'm tier one whatever um at any given time how many tier one players are sitting in solo waiting in the queue and or have already dropped so it's it's one of those where it's still you're still going to be put with tier three, tier two players. But what you're saying is that <laughs> this more accurately puts the players in a relatively closer approximation to their actual skill. Yes. And so that even if I'm put with a tier two uh, or and maybe a tier three player here or there, that I'm going to see overall better skill matching. And in this case, it may actually be a harder uh, experience because, uh, you know, again, you're playing against better, uh, a pool of players consolidated, if you will. So it's, that's where I'm saying to what end, I feel like that would have to change is that the overall experience where it places people has to improve to see any difference at all. So, yeah, I mean, the actual, the numbers say that again, people try not to get too fixated on the number, the, the tier three might start at. 185 match score it might be 190 match score it's really really hard to maybe work it out. fluctuates also maybe it fluctuates yeah, i mean this comes yeah. into a thing that wins specifically count for too much in a psr gain than uh what a loss takes away okay. so as long as you're winning you know 
what is it, 0 0.9, 0 0.9, your win-loss is 0.9, you will always go up and you will be at tier one in the end. If you're winning, uh, sorry, if you're losing more often than you're winning, should you still be increasing? Should your, you know, your ELO still be going up? Probably not. Like, and then the other thing is too, the other guys that might be in tier five or tier four, there might be some up and coming players there that are actually reasonably good, but you know, they've played their 400 games while they've learned the game. Um, and now that they're really, really stuck in PSR, but uh, their PSR might be 200, but for them, the climb is excruciatingly slow where they could be in tier three. Whereas one guy who's played his 10,000 games, you know, he plays a hundred games a, a week or whatever has climbed to tier one by pure brute force than anything gotcha. else. He should be in tier four. Then that's the, that's the offset too. Like there are some players in the lower tiers this should probably be bumped up a little bit quicker, but the seeding games for those first 25 matches is great. I love how that works. Stops people, you know, making alt accounts and just farming, you know, sure. really newbie players or, or not low skill players and stuff. And that's good. That's how it should work. So that's fine. I, I, but... got a, I got a question for you. And yep. I already know how I feel about this one here. Should we have a separate solo and group book play uh, PSR? Rating? Uh, to be honest, I don't think enough people gray play group Q for that to matter. I just don't think it will work um, because group Q has the additional issue of um, sorting group sizes. Now, even just after the peak US, we can wait 15, 20 minutes for a match. Well, let's just um, say that then... was, let's just say the, uh, that was improved. Should we, do you think it makes any difference in the grand scheme of things? Is Proton or, or anybody, do you think that the, they could get more wins or they'd be skewed? Because Ultimately, th this is why I say we don't need it anymore. I used to be on the fence. I used to say yes. This is why I don't think if you improve PSR to what you're sort of saying is let's just say you get a bloated PSR score because you're dropping with good players in group and you drop in solo. Guess what? It'll drop you back down really quick, right? That's the it idea. It won't take long. Yeah. Right? If you that, start losing all of a sudden and that's, that's why losses should actually hit you a lot harder. Yeah. Well, maybe wins don't buff you as much. I, I don't know where, again that's the, yes. the the pgi numbers we don't know what that is right so it's a bit hard to say but yeah i mean losses should either hit you harder or wins should count for less and that way if you know you did group two with say five of the best players in the game and all of a sudden then you go back to uh solo queue whilst you might have made a bunch of gains it's going to peg you back to where you need to be pretty quickly so uh, obviously I, I i can see where the graph is going i'm going to go ahead and leave it here yeah, just yeah. for a second um What's interesting is that me and you view the game in a different perspective. And again, I'm not a comp player, but I'm, I, I would like to think that I'm, I'm a decent player as well. I sometimes feel like what, okay, so this change goes in. What is the experience now for someone that's tier four, or tier five, or even tier three? Do they see an, an improvement on Mac? You know, do, is it right now? Because we always like what what you hear from top players right now is oh gosh I'm just my team's filled with potatoes and blah blah blah. How do they feel about it? Do they feel like oh man I've got tryhards all around me you know blah blah blah? What is their experience? And I feel like that's something that we can't grasp because we're not at that. Level, but I mean, right? if we've say we've got and we do, I mean it's 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 a proven fact. There are guys with 170 average match score playing against people like me on a daily basis or, you know, any other top level player in the game. And realistically, I, I know, I know some of them, they're on my discords and stuff. They don't want to be playing against me. And I definitely do not want to be playing against them because they know how it's going to go. Like I see, 
regularly players in in solo queue in in Aussie time. And as soon as they see a couple of names on the other side, they're like, well, this game's lost. And I can almost look at the, the games um, in any time zone for that matter, look at the names on either side and predict with very, very reasonable accuracy how the game is going to go because good players turn and have that much more impact on the game. I think if you're playing around, doing funky builds, just playing your casual sort of stuff at your 170 score level and you're in tier four, you're playing with all the other guys that are doing the same thing or learning the game. I don't think that's going to be an impact for them too heavily. And and to be fair, I think if you make this change, if you if, and again improvement on PSR in general, which Paul has been very receptive to when we we've talked about it. I mean, uh, I know a lot of people talk to him at uh, MetCon as well. Um, it's just again, I mean, you know, as far as uh, resources. Um, yeah. But um, I feel like before we jump ahead and say, oh, what about this? What about that? I think just a fundamental just change of how PSR works. Um, do you feel like it need would need to be reset every X amount of time or just take a, and then when it does Ooh. get reset, do you take a, um, a or let's just say they, they make changes right now. They make yep. a reset, but they, it's going to be a little bit chaos maybe for the first matches and then it starts to weed itself out. Is that the best thing or should well, it take like I a general... I did stick this up on the, uh, on the forum uh, when we were discussing ma matchmakers and everything else. And there was basically, I see you've got two options. You've got the, the slow and painful method, which, you know, you make your adjustment to PSR and then, you know, the guy that has his, say, his 170 match score, he sees over his next 200 matches that he drops from tier one <laughs> all the way to tier four. I can see that's pretty depressing, right? Like, yeah, you'd get even your if, ass kicked. Even all if the I time. wasn't good, I'd I'd be like seeing that myself yeah. and be like, oh shit, that, this that would sucks, suck, right? Yeah, that would suck. Yeah. Or you go to the other option, which I call the Russell all the Jimmy's, and just do a global reset and just be done with it. Just just do it. And it would quick, it. you'd quickly I mean within probably a I would say a week, let's just say a week, but probably within the a day's time or a day's time of playing, probably within a week, you'd you would start to to uh, populate I, I reckon as... it'd be closer to a month um just because maybe maybe even two months just with the activity of, of of players how many games you need to play all that kind of stuff i mean some people only play 10 games a month right or 15 games a month so i think it would definitely take a little while to rebalance the population um but it would happen in a reasonably acceptable amount of time okay so i i i like where you're going i we've also i think on stream we've talked about and this would be very, very similar, which is if the player population was basically split, which this is sort of what tiers do anyways. It's 20% yeah. of your population. Or it could be different numbers depending, right? The It would be like 5% of your population is in tier 5 and 5 is in tier 1 and it gets bigger as in the middle. And obviously, Yeah, it's you know, without um, knowing those, yeah. having access to that number, yeah. it's really hard to tell. Oh, I'm sure PJ yeah. can work that out so, fairly easily. So this is solo. Let's let's talk a moment about groups, and um, this is a fun one because when I got married, uh, I you know June twenty eighth, uh, you know I went on my honeymoon, and that's when the change happened from eight v eight to twelve v twelve, and uh, the 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 and also that group sizes could be bigger. I I have a very strong belief and feeling that sort of going back to faction play where we want everyone to experience it, right? And then, of course, it has issues. I have a, My personal feeling about it is before you even get into 8v8 or 12v12 discussion, I feel that we have so much control 
um, in groups that it sways the outcome of matches before even matchmaker can find matches. And even then it goes, it's out of whack. Now, granted, yes, I know good players are good players and group groups will be good groups, but you can take a five man and have <laughs> four assaults and not shitty assaults, mind you, and a piranha and wreck face. And I feel like this, no other game allows that to happen. No, no other free-to-play title. And I'm going to go out on a rant here and just stop me. Yeah. And, but like World of Tanks, what's the match uh, group size? In, in a 15-man, three max, right? World of Warships, World of Warplanes. I mean, I'm trying to like break down all the free-to-play games sort of similar to like uh, MWO as far as like matching group size. Yep, yep, yep. And I feel like the trade-off, yes, your argument is, well, the trade-off is the bigger the size, the less, you know, a tonnage you have. And uh, I think that's that's true. That's the idea. But the problem is, twelve man mans aren't your problem. It's I feel like four or five mans are your problem. I don't know. That's just me. Like I feel like we there's so much tonnage on the board. How many times have you dropped and people are running around in, in three mans and it's nothing but assaults and you see ten assaults and this is group Q by the way, not solo. I just feel like. The flip side of that too is though you see a three man and they're running yeah like three yep. Jenners or something and you're like oh, uh, oh shit like, what do you I know doing? how this is gonna go I see oh, well, hang on I, you know you, yeah. you know that unless they ca- unless they carry and you're like okay you're fine and that was an offshoot right yeah but yeah group Q can match like even under the the changes that you you propose group Q is a whole nother beast and I feel like. Feel like we need changes. Is that just me? Do we? Do we? Look to to be honest, group Q is like not very hard mode. I mean, even you know, I drop in a a four man of pretty much anyone on my friends list. Not even you know, not even the guys in my unit. You know, I mean, that's that's nine out of ten times probably going to be a win, I suppose. But like, if you're organized enough and you don't drop light, and that's I think that come that is actually part of the issue too. Um, is the minimum requirement to drop actually should be upped a little bit so that you don't have four mans dropping literally 200 tons light. I mean, okay, if they're the four best light players in the game, all power be to them, that's fine, but that's that's got to be less than 1%, right? And as soon as you see those four dudes dropping super light and you know they're in a four man, you're like, oh... You just face palm straight away because you're already fighting the uphill battle. I mean, I mean, I could actually have fun dropping in a larger eight man or more, um, even with the super heavy tonnage restrictions that it hits you, right? But the problem is it ends. It, it, it that also dumps the queue because everyone's like, oh well, shit, we're playing against the ten man. We can't ever possibly win, and then they stop group queue. It doesn't matter whether you drop in a four or a drop in a ten. If you get beaten, you get beaten, right? That's and, and people don't like that in group queue. Yeah. It's funny reading Solo queue, they just keep queuing up. No matter. It's funny because in chat, uh, I've got comp players saying, you know, quick play needs tonnage rebalancing, and I and I do agree. But tonnage rebalancing is it's one of those weird things again where it'll be min ma- min maxing is fine, I guess. I I just wonder is, is there a solution of should the number of players in a group be altered, and can you can you achieve a better balancing just with tonnage? Or does it also need to be adjusted with tonnage and player numbers in a group? I think the tonnage could be looked at. Yeah, definitely. Um, Four-mans maybe have a little bit too much on the table. 
um but i mean you look at a lot of streamers and stuff you know everyone loves to drop you know community drops and stuff yep. like that so if you stop that 12 man option you've you have literally hamstrung a huge but portion I don't think, of your community i don't think 12s are necessarily a problem but on or the even an side, eight say you do an eight man man like you, yeah eight, eight is actually a pretty good balance for tonnage right and you can still do quite well with what you have it's sure. not you know, it's not especially if fleas and piranhas right. and our, yeah, I mean, there, there's plenty of options now where, yeah, yeah, yeah. but I, I guess that's the question is like, and, and I, and I feel like this is a very polarized topic because I will have people in chat that will say, if you take away my ability to drop with all my buddies, I will fucking quit. Right. And then on the flip side, you have people that are like, I'm sick and tired of just, you know, that that much tonnage and stuff out there. So I don't know if it's really a problem. I just, I, for me, it's one of those things I've always been passionate about. And I felt like at the groups got bigger and, and I actually liked having the weight classes. Now you, maybe you do weight class and tonnage restrictions. I don't, I don't know, but a part of me is just like, it would be great if, if you, I don't know you group Q four man only, you had to have four people and it was one of each weight class. I don't know. I don't know. And again, I may be on and just like, I reckon you're going to get much love. With I, don't, that I don't know. Just there, something, <laughs> just something. I felt like it's, um, I don't know. Look, the, the thing is, I mean, people, I mean, you see, uh, I watch a bunch of, bunch of streamers, man. And, and the dropping six to 12 is such a common thing with your community. Sure. And I think it is actually that really, really, really does good that for mean the game. it's right? So, does that Taking mean that it's away right? is really going to hurt it. Does that mean it's right though? Is it balance and fun? Ah, that's a that's a that's a it's, weird thing. I, look, line, I think the answer right? actually is the tonnage for six, um, six, five, four, three, and two players. Like that tonnage should be probably looked at a little bit. Eight, eight or more is definitely you're definitely punished quite hard. But then you're expected. I mean, it's group Q. You're expected to be damn well organized too. Granted, that's not always the case, and you absolutely. know sometimes you see streaming twelve mans get absolutely rickrolled. Yep. You know zero twelve. And, and we, we've and we've had it happen. Like that, but yeah, we've had it happen. Me and my shark bros, we'll actually try to be serious. You take that. You take we, that risk, right? You yeah, drop you, twelve and you drop lots of tonnage. You, yeah, you're running that risk. You run into multiple assaults, like groups of assaults, and you you have to be so coordinated because if you're not, you're just dead because the amount of firepower and armor out there. Okay, so yeah. maybe. Uh, you know, it'd be, it would be awesome to see people's ideas for tonnage. What should happen out there? And I guess that's a question I ask for you guys out there, which is uh, maybe a small change adjustment uh, could be made. What would your recommendations be for alterations from uh, as far as tonnage restrictions from uh, a two-man all the way up to a 12-man? I think that would be a great thread to start because I feel like uh, that's something that does need to happen. And I don't know where matchmaker... Um, it's got a yeah i'd agree with that yeah i mean i think six or less is where you hit the tonnage a bit harder um six or seven or more is yeah you know, i think it's pretty well balanced there with tonnage but under that i mean yeah three you, you, you drop 12 right and you drop against three four mans on the other side yeah you're fighting the uphill battle again yeah. but again i mean that is that's I the freedom of the challenge of being right? organized yeah, right? right exactly you you want the freedom to be able to do 12 and shenanigans but just yep. keep in mind when you do you're Potentially going to be getting your ass stomped. And I've, I've been a party of that. We're getting our ass stomped. And on the flip side too, I've also done a stream where complete community drops and we never lost a match for the entire stream. 
And so there is something to be said about, is there, and again, it goes back to, ah, oh, it's fun, but it can be really unbalanced. And of course, you know how many comments go to faction play? Why are you in you know, group queue? You know, so I don't know. All right. All right. So the reality of it is you'd like to see PSR changes to better put people in where their skill level is, which would will which would generate better match quality for everyone across the board, or at least that's the theory. Uh, as I think as if people, they really need to have that expectation of, is it going to stop all the 12-0 stomps? No. Will it improve them? It should go a so, ways to help them. Will they be awesomely, perfectly fun, great, challenging matches every single time? Mate, you're dreaming. And, you're and bloody dreaming. You know, what I, you know what I like about the change? Is that you couldn't sit there and complain about Matchmaker and PSR anymore. You no. Right, like Literally, if you didn't do well, well guess what? You point, did, right? yeah, like to a point. To be like, oh well, if I'd have had so and so, you know, um, yeah, I feel like that's that's such a crutch. Everybody uses like, ah, oh, it's my teammates. Well, now but maybe it just, was you. There's just no perfect fix. <laughs> yes. there, there is no perfect yes. fix for a matchmaker. There just there just isn't. It, it just it's in not possible game. in any game. Like any like matchmaker is the like biggest contentious point in any game out there. And I, sometimes when people come into chat, I have to be like, what game are you talking about? Go play. Give me an example because yep. every forum, every game I participated in online, matchmakers always. I'm not to say it can't be improved because I do think it can. Um, so, uh, all right. So I think that's a good thing. I, th I think that's, that's something. Um, we're going to get on to another hot topic. <laughs> because, Ooh, this is another good one. I like because, it. Oh, uh, man, we're hitting the big ones today. I yeah. like it. This is good. We're missing Darren here, so we're, we're you know. Um, where do we start with this? Lerms. Um, the noob tube of MWO, as some might call it uh, or refer to it. Um, you know what's interesting about LRMs is that it's a very polarizing topic. You're either uh, like them or you hate them or you rage because you're getting shot by them and uh, it brings out the worst in people, I swear. Um, We've had changes recently to LRMs. Um, <laughs> Sorry, okay, yeah, I'm yeah, just chat. losing it. Sorry. Um, we've had changes to LRMs, and I'm in agreement with a lot of people. Uh, they, they, it was a little bit too heavy-handed, but I'm also in agreement with Chris on something, which is LRMs have been laughed at for the longest time. They've been a joke weapon. They, they, you. One, we haven't seen them for the longest time. We used to see them in comp scene way back in the day, LRM5 catapults, and then that was it. I haven't, we haven't seen them since until as far as this past uh, championship, but that was only because of uh, stock. It wasn't because uh, if, if they had a choice, I don't know if they would take them. Um, they had a buff, and unfortunately, I feel like that buff pushed them over the edge to where they could be highly, highly... Uh, effective at skill levels and then even coordination throw into that. Um, we have a change coming and that is direct and indirect coming soon. Um, I want to get your thoughts on that. And of course, with that, I feel like there's a, a, a caveat of saying, should the, the indirect nature be nerfed to bring them back into line? Because I can't even imagine if rolled in there with current stats, it'd be crazy. But that's a tool I feel like Chris can now control, which is direct and indirect and direct being more like ATMs, uh, less damage and long range. 
So your, what are your yep. thoughts on LRMs and direct and indirect? Well, I, I know that when the change kind of stuck its toe into the water accidentally, um, as we're told, uh, into the live environment for uh, three or four days, that it was not the final version and all that sort of stuff. But it gave me a reasonably good idea because I'm like, well, hey, there's an LRM change. It shouldn't be there. It's probably going to be removed. Yep. Let's play as many matches as I can yep. with it, even if it's not people. people a lot of people don't know see. that, by the way. A lot of people didn't realize that it was in. Oh, I knew. Pretty much. And... First game, mate. I dropped the LRM back and I'm like, oh, hang on a minute. Right. Something's a bit wonky so, here. And this past, um, past patch, for those that aren't, aren't aware, the indirect and direct system was already in. Uh, some people didn't even realize it and played as normal. Look, for me, I'm not a fan of it. Um, the only reason is that um, obviously the arc is more like ATMs and, and bits and pieces, but now you're no longer sort of a, a range support. Now, what it's going to do, the traditional LRM users, it's going to deliberately make them not have line of sight on their target because that's how I found myself instantly playing in them. All of a sudden, I am like, well, I need to be hiding. I need to be miles away from the enemy in cover because I get a much better arc on them, right? So, I mean, and the direct fire is more ATM-like. So, obviously, the flight time is a little bit less. I think it was... Um, and this is a really rough testing as well. It, it was a little bit less because um, they're not arcing as far and, and all that sort of stuff. But the problem is I don't think direct and indirect fire and arcs and all that stuff is even looking or really addressing actual core problems with LRMs at all. I, I really don't think it's touching it. Okay, so uh, let's talk about... Unpopular opinion maybe, but I okay, just don't so, think it is. No, and no, no, I think we need to talk about LRMs because, I mean, even from my perspective, LRMs are one of those weapons. It's like, generally speaking, you're either all in or you don't take an LRM. You, why would you take an LRM-5? Why would you just take an LRM-10? You don't, right? So no, no. What, what is the problem? Uh, what do you I mean, that's the same with the... any weapon group in MechWarrior. I mean, right. if you want to build a reasonably competitive loadout you stick to one or two weapon groups you never you know put one lm5 one ac10 a medium laser and six machine guns like, yep i mean you can you don't but... you don't take one medium laser generally speaking understood not very good yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know it doesn't it doesn't really help you um i guess the um i guess the the, the my issue is is the balance of lrms um this might be a really good time for the image just so i can sort of run through people why this is just why they are just so broken. And I'm going to bring up my little stats here because I did some, uh, did some testing um, last night before uh, what we're doing today. Now, LRM's copped like three or four buffs last year. It might've been five, I forget. Um, ammo buff, velocity buff, and heat buff. Now, if you look at uh, just the DPS in that left-hand corner, um, it's, it's, it's got 15 to 17 DPS in the mech lab. Now, once you skill out, real-world testing, blah, 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 you can alpha, now, and I mean alpha, three, sorry, four LRM-20s, all of them, 80 damage. You can do it eight times in 33 seconds, 640 damage outright, and you can just keep alphaing it. So, you know, the dissipation is broken because of the dissipation patch that we just uh, had a few months ago. So now, obviously, increased dissipation, yada, yada, yada is now affecting the fact that the LRMs got ammo buffs circa, I don't know, nine months ago or something. Because immediately then when uh, LRMs took 
a uh, an ammo buff. I took two tons of ammo straight off, put two heat, two heat sinks on there, and I'm like, hey, 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 I can fire for even longer now for the same amount of ammo. I think the ammo change was bad for Lerms. It wasn't wasn't great at all. Um, revert that change. Revert the velocity. Revert the heat. Like honestly, the 2018 bus for Lerms. I, I'm I'm not behind. Um, I told Chris that as well in person. So this is no secret. The the DPS on LRMs right now, um, even with IS quirked mechs as well, is it's insane. I mean, I get that they're indirect fire and all that sort of stuff, but I should never be able to output 640 damage with one UAV above a certain target or a spotter or anything in 33 seconds. So that, that's, I mean, I can kill three mechs with that damage. Yeah. So uh, you know? again, with the change of direct and indirect, what you were saying is you were testing indirect fire with the current buffs. And it obviously was even more deadly than it currently is. Yep. Are it's what what role do we? I mean, again, it sort of goes back to you're saying, okay, roll back this, roll back this. What role do you see LRMs being in? And I mean, direct and indirect. I I like the idea of indirect and direct fire, but what we're saying is the current buffs on indirect just make it absolutely just terrifying, right? So, oh, I mean. <sighs> LRMs, what's this, what are they called? Long-range missiles, right? So, I mean, I get that IS missiles at 180 meters don't, you know, whatever they do, don't do any damage below that. Um, clans do reduce damage as well, yada, yada, yada. I mean, they're a mid to... They're, they're a weapon for that 300 to, you know, 900 meter range. It still boggles my mind that ATMs have a longer range than LRMs. It kind of really defeats the purpose for max range. But anyway, that's... I think that's probably a, a law value yep. thing or something. And that's fine. That's cool. Um, but the core thing is LRM should not be able to spit out the level of DPS that they do now. And like I said, the heat buffs, ammo buffs, they played a part to it. I mean, if you gave them heat and then gave them more ammo, which in you turn forced me to put yeah. more heat sinks, yeah. like it's, it's, you're playing with dominoes here. You touch one, you're going to affect two or three elsewhere. And I think that missed the boat. I actually thought Lerms were in a pretty good place like early 2008. I thought they were quite fine, actually. Um, and in the, I guess, what is it now? Sort of almost not quite chasing your tail. I don't want to use that term, but it's almost like now, um, you know, the balanced people at PGI are just trying to, okay, so we buffed them three or four times. Now, now, they're, now they've got to a point where they're ridiculous. They're still ridiculous. And now how do we fix it? And this probably ties into a into the next point of, um, so the Artemis got nerfed too. And you'll notice that that supernova has no Artemis on it. Why? Because Artemis is only good for line of sight now. I mean, why, why would I bother bringing that tonnage when I can load up another four or five heat sinks? I'm going to pick the heat sinks every single time. Why? Because it doesn't matter if I'm spreading my damage a little bit more, I'm outputting more of it. So I simply win on basically a war of attrition. Literally, I win the war of attrition because, I mean, two alphas from a... Uh, LRM supernova like that in what is it three seconds I think it offers a second second round and I can eat the ghost eat don't forget and this is on Caustic Valley too I did all this testing on a, hot, on a reasonably hot map not a cold map like Boreal Vault or you know Polar Highlands or something where you can you can, you can, mate, you can fire for you don't even need sure, you sure. never get hot you're actually heat neutral just about on that map and for an 80 damage alpha to be heat neutral at 900 meters nah that's there's an inherent broken thing there, so, and um, so where 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 should LRMs go? Obviously, you said either roll roll back the heat. You said roll back velocity. I've also seen in chat someone says maybe not roll back everything, but potentially heat. 
but regardless of where what what purpose are they supposed to be should they be able to compete even with changes let's just say debuffs because that's what they would be um do they have a place in skilled players hands versus direct fire do they have a place against direct fire you know would is this something that you would use in a competitive sense and i and i and i, and I say that not because of like oh just try hearts but legitimately everything trickles down from the top i think as far as like player builds what you guys do it trickles down so yep you want- i mean look at stock mode right um as a, as a as a very quick example here um emp you know it was no secret we used a lot of lrms i mean a few guys got absolutely punished in the um in the quality uh, before the qualities and stuff in the matches there just we, we just ran absolute hell on them and they're just like people had no idea how to counter that where other teams were going for more direct fire obviously we kind of changed that towards um towards the end and and right before worlds which probably wasn't the smartest idea because we hadn't really practiced much uh without without the lerms and probably hurt us in the long run but um I mean, do they have a place in competitive play? Yeah, they do. Right at the absolute top end when you've got direct fire? No. Um, I mean, if you look at the other divisions um, through MRBC, Battle for Midway, um, you know, divisions, what is it? E, D, C, you still see LRMs used. It's not as if they don't get used in competitive play. It's just they're never going to be a super, super staple at the absolute top end of the play when you've got more direct fire. Now, granted, Battle for Midway, we did use LRMs a little bit in some of our games, actually, to be honest, because of how buffed they are at the moment. Like, their yeah, DPS sure. is is just that insane. You pop one good UAV in the right spot, and, you know, we, we, you know, we've got a fair idea of where to pop a good UAV, so it's really, really hard to hit or even notice. And all of a sudden, you've just spewed out 300 damage. It doesn't matter whether it's spread, it's still 300 damage in a quarter of the time that you've been able to do that damage on a direct fire mech. So there is that unbalanced part of it. Um, I think if you just took the heat out and the ammo buff out, you'd probably be okay. Leave the velocity in there. That's fine. Um, velocity is not a major issue. Plus you can get buffs out of skill tree. Should, um, should uh, direct have different stats than indirect? Uh, in what way? Uh, either, I mean, obviously variables, you have uh, spread, you have, uh, uh, velocity, you do have, I mean, you have all that, you see what I'm I mean, saying? Like Artemis right now only works with line of sight on your target. So for a lot of situations where you're going to have, uh, LRM usage, it, you don't need the Artemis. That's my belief anyway. Some mix granted, that's not actually correct. Um, but again, I think they're more, more of a niche scenario than not these days. Um, I mean, you can keep nerfing the spread, but it doesn't really stop the DPS. And again, you still win it via war of attrition, literally. At 900 meters, 700 meters, you're, you know, the only things that are really beating you, uh, say, what is it, Gauss rifles, ER PBCs, and ER large lasers. There's nothing else. Like, there is literally nothing else that competes with you. And maybe some, maybe some AC2s, things like that, some DACA. Um, but again, at seven eight hundred meters, you're out DPSing a you're out, out DPSing a Daka mech at seven hundred and fifty eight hundred meters, no problem. Because for most of them, uh, UAC tens, things like that, even UAC fives, you're pretty much out of their range. So, so if if I can just clarify, you don't even with the changes you're saying would be probably better for the game as far as overall balanced LRMs uh, take away the heat, uh, ammo, right? Uh, yep. Leave the velocity. Yep. 
Uh, obviously, we have direct and indirect fire coming. Um, Look, uh, I'm happy to see that play out. I, I yep. don't, I didn't, I didn't like it. The what I saw, granted, you know, that wasn't the final sure. product. I don't like the idea of it. I don't think it's going to encourage LRM users to move up. That's the reason. Like most people have the biggest issue with LRM boats sitting at 900 sure. meters back out in Zimbabwe. Sure, but that's player behavior. Isn't missiles it? across the map. Sure, right? that's that's player behavior. But I, I feel like there's there's no difference though. At least now, if you do have someone that's up front and it's direct fire, they can at least shoot now and hit hit right where. Problem is though with direct fire, you've got one. You've got to deal with terrain all of a sudden, sure. so you got to deal with buildings. Whereas previously, you could arc your lerms over sure. them with indirect. This is what I mean. Like I think it is going to force and 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 increase the sit back and learn play style. I mean, I know, I know I've thought about that's how I'd probably play it too, because one, you've got teammates now to contend with because you're no longer arcing over them or buildings or structures, rocks, things like that. Like with indirect fire versus direct fire, say Caustic Valley for example. Indirect fire is king on that map. You never want to be indirect fire of your LRMs because if you indirect fire on Caustic, you can just about, especially around all the Caldera, which is where the main fight takes place on that map, you can pretty much shoot over all the rocks there and there's not a lot of cover. So sure, you're going to you, choose indirect. Again, you, you can do that now. You, right, you have indirect fire now. You're saying is the arc is even higher, right? Because right now, that's what yeah. LRMs are, is indirect. So, I mean, if anything, you see people using ATMs in a more direct fire manner. Now, potentially, yep. you might see that being used. And again, I'm, I'm just, you know, like, theory here is maybe <laughs> you see people being more direct fire you with might. the LRMs. You especially might. in, like, uh, I mean, mechs that have high velocity or high cooldown already uh, as well. I don't know. Um, Look, you might, you might see it. My gut feel is it's not going to go that way. Um, I mean, some players will change. Yeah, of course. You know, sure. You've got indirect fire. Sweet, you've got new mechanic. This works. I can make this work for me. Cool, no worries. Let's do it. But do I, I think it's going like, to become the norm? I don't think so. I feel like we, we've sort of... We haven't really answered, though, is like what role do LRMs have? Because you basically said if you nerf them, even if you do indirect, indirect you're wanting to change player behavior. Well, how would you do that? But two, if LRMs will never be used at the top, then I can see that's a tough pill to swallow, even as a design perspective, right? Of basically saying you have a weapon system that at our highest level play never gets used. And that is... No different to MRMs though. I mean, I don't think I saw any Div, Div A team run MRMs. Um, I could probably list off, uh, mates, playing small pulse lasers. I could list off half a dozen sure. weapons that don't get used at the top sure. end because you, they're no good. But you see, you see lasers being used. You don't, you know, like, I don't know. I guess that's a... But you still see, you can see ATMs or say streaks. Like streaks is always a good light deterrent. Um, there's usually one floating around in sure. um, the sort of the higher end, you know. So lock-on weapons don't necessarily not have a place. Um, I'm just... But I'm I just... mean, you know, you could say lasers are good, but I mean, only some of them. I mean, you know, clan small pulse, IS small pulse. They've been nerfed into to yes. oblivion. Yes. Like, but anyways, that's my point is like, how would you change player behavior then with LRMs? I don't think you can, to be honest. I mean, that's just the style of missile. People want to play that, you know, that support role from from distance firing missiles around. And, you know, some LRM guys but, have but other we know, weapons on their mechs. And... But you know, you were saying it before, is if you're playing them at like four, three, 400 meters right behind the front line... That's where you're usually more effective because... Then, oh, look, that's, right? that's what so, I don't normally do with it. And I so, do very well with them. But again, the I think the the normal user that kind of picks them is he's living his law thing from 
you know, he's Mick Warrior with yeah. two days where he was able to lob missiles at people from 900 meters and then close in and do his other thing. I mean, that's how people treat them, I think, as a a Sorry. move, shoot and move in weapon and then use your other stuff so, later. But the problem is not everyone plays that way. Well, so What we're really getting here is player behavior and player skill, though, because you're basically saying is a good skilled player, let's just say with the adjustments that you're talking about, makes LRMs a bit more imbalanced, right? You remove maybe the heat buff, you remove maybe the, the um, ammo. What you're basically saying is, and this sort of goes back to our previous conversation as far as matchmaker and PSR. Would you see again, because you're shifting more player skill to that central area, would you see more players in matches that you're involved with using LRMs more appropriately? Um, and uh, I, like, I get... Of course. Right? It's, it's, I, yeah, I think it's that would tough. be a given, I, I, right? Like, I, I do think it would happen. Mm. Like, I'd probably tend to go away a little bit from literally spamming them all over the right? map yeah, because right. all of a sudden they're not overpowered anymore i actually think at the moment especially just for solo queue right i think they are in insane the, it, it, the dps is just too much on them that's why i use them at the moment because mate you can fire that stuff after 13 beers 14 beers and you can still crank out 1500 damage without really doing anything yeah and, and it's interesting because like i said since the changes came in i i don't know of a time that i've maybe once that i've actually ki been killed by LRMs. That's that's what's been an interesting discussion because from my viewpoint, my experiences in the matches, con, uh, you know, cover, concealment, communication, I usually don't die to LRMs. I may get hit a few times or two, but then you'll see videos of people just like rolling people, just entire teams just rolling see, for hours. He, right? Here comes an interesting question to you all of a sudden, right? Now, say you fix PSR. And all of a sudden, you don't have these really low skill, low awareness, even though they've played 5,000 games, users sure. running into the open blindly and then getting obliterated by LRMs because they're in tier four doing tier four things. All of a sudden, your quality of player, maybe 200 average match score in tier three is enough of a split to take those 30 or 40 match score players out of the games every so often that they're not always standing in the open, easily sure. getting bombarded with flag on high and then all of a sudden it's like well hang on a minute lrm usage now changes yeah devil's advocate there maybe i, I don't know I'm, again these are the the dominoes sometimes you change okay. something and what happens well, right and and of course we did get multiple buffs to lrms but to me i think the the, the topic of where are lrms what, what is the role what is their purpose in mwo where where do you see them being used i think that's a valid argument as far now you can argue yes other weapon systems Goss, AC20s, small pulse, this and that. Um, but I'm actually looking forward to direct, indirect. It'll be interesting where and what happens. But this is why I think it's a good move because now he can at least puff, uh, buff two different variables. He, he, if direct is uh, not good enough, he can technically do that or change it. And same thing with indirect. Whereas right now, if he does any buffs, you're at where you're at right now. So at least yeah, now look, he can it, make Give it a shot. I mean, yes. They said more changes were coming. Happy to see it play out. Look, I've got, I've got my gut feel on how I think it'll play out. Let's see what happens, I guess. that's The other thing, though, I think, the, and, and again, this kind of comes back to chasing the balanced tail a little bit, is the Artemis nerf, well, not the Artemis nerf, but the lock-on reticule. Now, are you talking about like holding the circle on? Are you talking about that holding the circle in the yeah, in just, the, the, just the, the length of the circle and the yep. size of the circle? I, I think that actually hurt a lot of the actual lower end skilled players. Like I spectate and watch a lot of other guys streaming that are 
and not medium skill and they they can't even get a lock anymore so i think the actual reticule nerf was maybe a little bit maybe a little bit harsher too harsh on the lower end of the player base i mean i can hold a lock no problem get one it doesn't doesn't didn't affect me at all really i was like oh okay there's a change here in the real world, what does it mean to me? Three games later, eh, nothing. It doesn't I, mean I, anything. I think the one thing that I saw come out of the, the reticle lock-on that possibly was a knock negative was streak users actually got sort of hosed on it uh, comparatively. Yep. Um, so maybe having a different... I don't think it's crazy to say... I don't know say, if you can do that because I don't it's know. a reticle feature, I don't know. not a weapon feature, I don't know. right? Maybe, so, yeah, so maybe based on the weapon... Because then what happens if you have a mixture of LRMs and streak... I, yeah, it's it's one of those. The only way to fix that, right, would literally being uh, I don't know if it can be done is increase the streak lock time. If you don't touch the LRM one, right, and give you know but, the lower school users back their reticule and, and make it a little bit easier for them, because honestly, but I've do seen you a lot need, of people complaining. Here, about here's that. the question: Do you need even that nerf if you revert changes to LRMs? Um, do you, I think what, from was, the was lock on ability broken? Nuking lights point of view, yeah. That's so. that's that's the area, right? Like, yeah. leaks against the light, and especially an IS light, is almost a guaranteed one shot oh, yeah, kill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't think that's good for the game. Okay, well, good, uh, good response. All right, so um, obviously the podcast is going on now. Uh, we're nearing uh, uh, an hour and forty minutes, but we've got one more hot topic for you guys. I, I think LRMs again. It's it's a very polarizing. Um, uh, I mentioned NoobTube at the very beginning, but also the rage factor. I, I do think there's just something rage-inducing that people experience when getting shot by LRMs, and they can't do anything about it. Uh, or or they may not even die to it. It just hits them, and rah! it's like, dude, you just got 50% of your mech evaporated by that laser vomit mech over there, and you're not bitching. Like, you know, I think sometimes it's this disconnect sometimes of rage factor. Oh, I don't know why. I, I agree. On that, it's on like already. Yeah, I think there is a bit of that too. Right. I, I think it does happen. But um, all right. So we're going to move on to the next and last topic. We we mentioned this uh, side torso destruction and uh, the heat spike um, that has uh, been occurring because of this. Um, I can, if I if I may, Ash, I feel like this this actual conversation we need to go through history here i yep. think it has to do with engines i don't i don't think it has to do with side torso destruction or heat spike right now i think what we need to do is look at engines because i feel like we've had engine imbalance from the from the start in my opinion uh you know we had standard and xl uh is uh for the longest time and the balance was there was a trade-off you took is uh, xl got the speed or tonnage available and speed and back then too we, we didn't have uh engine desync so of course everyone took the bigger engines anyways because that's you know blah blah, blah. Yep. um yep. and then here comes clans and they could survive a side torso so that threw in any in, more imbalance why ever fucking take a standard and when you do have to take a standard you're sort of hosed because now you don't you just anyways we all know it and at the very beginning of clan xls too they didn't have any um torso destruction uh, uh, negatives. Uh, you didn't have a, a, a slowdown. You didn't have a heat spike back in the day. So now that we have that, I feel like, what's the point of standards? Like, is there, and, and LFEs, like, engines in general, I just feel like, did is penalizing the XL side torso or LFE destruction, maybe the question I, I'm proposing, is that the right way to go instead of buffing standards? 
and, and the, then how could you do that? Like, I mean, standards probably need something. Um, but what? Whether that, I don't know how to do it or whether it can be coded, but, you know, I mean, if you're bringing a big standard 350 engine or something, you know, you should get something for that. That weighs a lot of tonnage in your assault, right? Um, you know, maybe a bit of additional structure or something. Mobility is probably better. Um, I know that is against the spirit of desync, but I think desync really unnecessarily hit mechs for the, the longest time. I mean, it's been, we're getting mobility buffs sort of starting to filter through now. Um, please buff the Griffin more. Um, yeah. And it's, it's, it's getting there. It's, it's bringing the, 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 the fun back to the game, actually. I, mean, I love some of the patches we've had. They've been really, really sure. good on the mobility front, but we need more. I, I, I like, I'm going to be open. I like desync. Now, before I get freaking flamed on it, um, the reason I like desync is because then you can actually buff individual mechs where mechs that had large XLs or could potentially, based on whatever restrictions, just got basically screwed. Well, now you can take a awesome, uh, I'm going to use that as a reference, and it can be buffed to hell, and it doesn't matter regardless of the 300 engine that you have. Um, oh, look, I'm not against desync as such. I'm, uh, the, the, I think the main issue and the main gripe that most people had was the fact that used the base values of of the, the wrong base values as, as as starting points for I think just about most sure, mechs. I mean, it, some mechs were still okay after desync, but a lot of mechs got hit because the base values chosen were wrong. I mean, that's another separate discussion. I think kind of and mobility. A, really a lot of the mechs, but... yeah, a lot of the mechs are finally getting, and we're getting to that point where a lot of mechs feel feel good, and uh, that argument can be made. I knew. I knew, of course, being on the inside and talking with Chris, that was going to be the case. And of course, it's just one of those where it had to play out in time and, and we're getting right. Um, and I, and yep. I feel like that's always a tough thing, especially when you have like how many damn mechs? And I know that isn't necessarily a perfect answer. Okay, so standard LFE, XL, you lose side torso. There's been a lot of heat about this particular topic because it just happened. Heat spikes occurring. Oh my God, PGI, what did you do? This is... This is stupid. This is a new mechanic. Not really. So uh, maybe the, I mean, a lot, a lot of people haven't, I've found, haven't read the patch notes, right? Um, now, uh, just to read it from the, from the actual patch notes, destroyed heat sinks, uh, clan, XL, IS light engine, side torso destruction penalty now removes, uh, now removes the total heat from the top of the available heat pool, not the bottom. So it's not, it's not, a outright sudden nerf to the engine the penalty always existed it's just the way that now that mechanic is being treated in game is not very conducive to fun play i think it's just downright awful um it if you get hit and you uh overheat without your override on at 90 percent, you shut down you lose a torso you, your three seconds you power up you power back down again because you've lost the torso in that three second period and your heat bar doesn't spike until you power back up again. Just not intuitive to gameplay. I just don't think it's good. Well, and, and that's where, uh, again, I feel like we need to talk because you, we have these inherent imbalances because of how engines play out. Yeah, right? and, yeah. and, and basically it's been to curb some of the, the, the power that is clan mechs and that's still even a argument sometimes you have to have that clan mechs are still the top generally speaking performers out there is how do you curb their power play and that's been xl engines and, and getting a side torso destruction go down in speed you lose some uh obviously heat capacity and dissipation 
people were okay with that. So now I think the clan XL, yeah, that torso hit the hit change whenever that was a while back now. I think that was okay. I'm fine. It was it was it was a good change. I actually wasn't I wasn't against it at all, to be honest. Okay. I'm no issue with it. So now um, that this came out, so you're saying it's a fun sucker. Um it happened to me a few times. Once I realized what it was though, I, I haven't had it happen again uh and sometime I I'm a li- I guess because I'm more aware of it. I just don't ride that red line 24-7 anymore. So whether that's good or bad, I guess, for gameplay, gameplay-wise, that would mean most players, uh, they don't like that because they like, you know, there should be a give or take. You should be able to ride that red line. But now there's this potentially huge... You kind of look at it. you got to run around at 80% all the time or 85 It depends on the mech a little yeah. bit. but And some mechs are different than others. You know, 90%, 80, so, 85%. But you've got to run around there... Uh, all the time because if you lose a torso you're going to get it shot off and shut down i mean why should i have 20 percent of something available if i can't use it so the question is it came in is it something is there anything there good wise that you can see or is it one of those things that you're like now let's just go back to where it was and the penalty that we had was good enough well the good there in that it was there to fix, uh, well, it's primary, what I feel at least anyway, the primary issue was there to fix a um, the heat bar bug or attempt to fix the heat bar bug, which is fairly well documented um, if you've been sort of paying attention to Reddit and heat spikes and, and things like that uh, from the heat bar. Now, within 24 hours or 48 hours, I'd seen three examples of the heat bug being still there. The heat bar is still not working properly. Your heat dissipation bug where you literally do not dissipate any heat it was still there. So, I mean, part of that change's role wasn't even achieved. And now you've got a bunch of people getting literally insta-gibbed or stun-locked, I guess, for, for seven seconds as a result of it. And, I mean, I've had it happen to me a few times. It happened a lot in the first couple of days, to be honest. After that, it hasn't happened so much. But when it's happened to me, it's always in a knife edge fight when the game is like at 10 to 11 on the scoreboard or something. And you have to override because if you shut down and ride that heat and maybe, you know, fire that one extra SRM to kill a target or something, if he happens to take your torso, bang, you overheat, you're dead. And you're like, oh, wow. So it was either I shut down, stopped firing, lost my torso and died, or I shoot the guy, I lose my torso, I die anyway. And that's... I don't know, in 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 the in, in a knife-edge game like that, I don't think that's very fun. That's when you should be rewarded for pushing yourself to the limit to try and carry that match and kill those extra two mechs and, and, and take away the win. But now you can't. You're actually... You, I've tried a couple of times. I, I can't do it. Like I know I'm going to get too hot. Whereas if I could eat a little bit of structure damage, time my shots well enough, I could do it. But when you're already at 70% and you know, you're getting pushed by those last two mechs, there's not much you can do about it. And, you know, I, I can definitely see that perspective. Um, and, you know, it's one of those things where even if it was reverted back, um, then the question still sort of is balance between the engines. And it's hard, is, dude. It's, right. Um, I, I yeah. don't, I'm never, no one's ever really, except for like, oh, well, standard gen- engines give the mech more structure. Well, I don't I feel like, uh, again, side torso destruction, um, XL clan, and then you've got the tonnage differences between those as well, uh, and the tech differences. It is a is a difficult thing. But this going in, I felt like we did need to ask the question, which is: is that a net net positive? Is there any positive to it? Has it just been a global negative? And and just going off of chat and what you've said is it has been a negative. I've experienced it myself. I've seen players 
uh, lose that side torso, instantly shut down because they didn't have override on. And even if you have override on, it just means you're, you're hosed. Now this will bring up a, a thing that, and I know I've talked to Chris, I don't know if there's a solution for this, um, but it has to do with like internal damage overheating. Unfortunately, lights and mediums get hosed because it's the same like 20 damage flat to internal structure. And guess what? Some lights can't over override once or they explode. Right, because right. anything IS, you do. Yeah, you're, 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 hosed. <laughs> you're, and you're I, just about ninety nine percent of the time guaranteed and, and to die. Yeah, if you get that one percent more, you're done. Yeah, I, I do wish uh, that that that's something that I feel like it could be based on your weight class, that a percentage based, um, and it would allow you to play because the whole idea is you want them to ride that line, but it does need to be dangerous. The problem is it's not proportionally dangerous to a light versus a uh, an XL uh, or not a, a light to an assault. An assault can do it. And it's not as dangerous. See, I'm not a, I'm not against that necessarily either, right? Because if you look at light mechs now, they take less full damage, for instance, to legs than an assault. Maybe if you could reduce that. I mean, when you when you're talking a light mech, he's only got 20, 20 structure anyway. Even if you reduce it by ten percent, fifteen, twenty, thirty percent, are you really getting much? Not really. I don't. I don't think that's yeah. going to make a massive. But it difference, could mean you override but... once and not die once maybe yeah maybe, yeah, but maybe. Look, and, and and if you run that gauntlet and you live well you know all power be to you awesome sweet cool no worries um but i mean is, is that really addressing this issue with the engines <laughs> and I, that's it's interesting that's where i have to ask the question to you guys which is i i feel like all of this before you get to side towards the destruction it, basically it's to stem the imbalances between a standard engine versus an LFE versus an XL, and then even cross the, the planes to clan and IS. So I feel like what can you do, uh, you know, reasonably, uh, you know, to a standard or light engine comparatively? Because again, when you're comparing uh, the XL of a IS, it was, I guess, balanced. But mm. then when you get over to the clan side, it gets a little wonky. And I feel like- And how many, how many clan standard engines do you see running around? <laughs> it just it's re, there's so very little builds that you will yeah. see a clan standard engine yeah. ever and, and i say for me happen. like someone could argue well they're more expensive i think but the whole sure. idea is that it's gameplay there's no gameplay benefit you know or or you know like um yeah i, I, I do feel it. so I, that's a good discussion i feel like that's something that paul and chris would be willing to to hear uh, but in regards to side torso destruction, resoundingly, what I'm seeing in chat and, of course, from you and, and Reddit and other is the side torso destruction. Let's possibly revert that. And, and that's something I can pass on to Chris. He's probably already very aware of it, but obviously everyone's been on holiday. Um, and oh, no, he said on Reddit, he's, he, a few people have been, uh, sorry, on Twitter. I oh, know a few people have yeah, been at him on Twitter yeah. as well as everywhere else. So, so um, you know, and look, I think coming back, to the engine part, like give them either, uh, you know, a standard engine gives you a bit more mobility or it gives you structure. I think structure is a good one. Um, I've seen that sort of I like mobility. around a number of places, you know, give it, you know, I, I plus 10, plus 15 CT and, you know, plus eight to a torso or, or something. Um, would, would, and that's something. Better than I, nothing. Yeah, that's something I could talk to Chris and Paul about, which is, is that within the realm of possibility? Just like we were talking about faction play resources, is that a big ask it can can you tie into you know hey because we've had engine mobility uh, linked uh could you make standards where if you take a standard it gives you a, a buff i don't know i don't know and of course 
what has to align is also with their his envision. But right now, again, Paul is very open to ideas. So um, I, I do think it was one of those where, um, you know, it, it came out and it didn't play necessarily how maybe it was envisioned, right? Like, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. this sounds, you know. Um, but, um, yeah, it's it's definitely been a hot topic, that's for sure. <laughs> I've Yeah, I've raged about it many times myself so i can uh i can understand i mean that's it again you know a new mechanic you get your head around it doesn't happen as often but i just really don't like losing that knife edge fight and that's more often than not when it actually is happening yeah. never happen never happens mid game or you know if the game is 12 6 or whatever very very rarely happens it's always when it comes down to that one or two mechs battling it out one guy accidentally overheats lock him for seven seconds or yep. He doesn't over. He uses override to not overheat, and he's dead anyway. It's, yep. You still lose. It's a lose lose situation, literally. If you are, um, yeah, you get hit with it, and you're too hot too. I mean, yeah. All right. Well, we've had faction play discussion, matchmaker, PSR, Lerms, inside torso destruction. Ash, this has been a very insightful conversation. I think uh, I've learned a thing or two. I think uh, it's been great to to engage with you and, of course, watching chat as well. The reactions sometimes have been priceless, <laughs> of course. Um, but I just want to say thank you for coming on. I, I do feel, again, you'll be on again. Um, and uh, uh, I mentioned to some of the guys at Metcon, uh, some of the comp players that I wanted to uh, sit down and chat with them, talk about their experiences and also the comp uh, scene. And um, it's it's one of those things where I feel like uh, you guys did a really great job, in my opinion, at, at showcasing the positive nature of competition in MWO, uh, and it, it was really cool. I mean, you know, having having players uh, supporting other players on an enemy team that just you know killed you and stomped your ass, you know, it didn't matter. It was it was a great experience uh, from uh, from everyone. Well, so um, <laughs> I would yeah. never have thought if you asked me six months before MechCon, are you going to be there? Are you going to be there with EMP? Anything? Like that? I would be like. What are you talking about, man? You were literally talking out your butt. And it was the most awesome experience. And I've had some pretty wild experiences, man. It was one of the more awesome experiences I think I've had. It was really good fun. Like meeting everyone uh, that you have literally shot at and killed or been killed by for what? I've been playing this game three and a bit years now. Like, and just all the faces, the characters, man, it was sick. It was sick. It really was. And I'm coming back. I'm damn well coming back. And then, and of course, that's something that, you know, uh, will be as we roll into January and February, that'll be hot topics at, at PGI planning, uh, if we're going to do it again and, uh, you know, with mech five, uh, you know, launching in September, uh, September 10th, for those that are, are wondering, um, yeah, it's, it's going to be an interesting topic. And again, uh, you know, um, hear more from Russ about MWO. I mean, he said they're, they're. You know that they're waiting on some information from Microsoft as well. So that's something that as soon as we're able to talk to you guys with, we will. Uh, but yeah, Ash, just want to say thank you again for being on the podcast. It'll uh, I look forward to doing this again with you. And of course, I appreciate you taking the time out of your day. I know scheduling wise, uh, we had to finagle and make something work, but here we are. And maybe next time we can have Darren, good. Darren with us. So uh, any any last words? Uh, any shout outs? Anything out there? Oh, not oh. Just yeah, look, thanks for having us on. Um, thanks for everyone that's tuning in and 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 giving your feedback and stuff. Um, you know, I'm sure people will go back and rewatch the uh the podcast and all that sort of stuff and, and take all the feedback on board. Um I know I do push the limits a little bit when it comes to balance in my opinion and all that sort of stuff, but um 
it's good to have the opportunity to, you know, you guys to have me on here as well to, you know, voice my, I guess, opinion from the, the more top end of the field and where we come from or what I'm thinking and hopefully helps people to understand that too. Yeah, and I think it does. Uh, straight from the horse's mouth, as they say. <laughs> um, but uh, again, Ash, it's been a pleasure. Um, and again, for everyone else out there, we will have this up on YouTube and then I will uh, make sure it gets up on SoundCloud as possible. Uh, of course, this uh, podcast is supported by you, the viewer. Uh, please consider uh, clicking that follow button. Some quick shout outs before we get going again. Uh, Great Wolf with the resub, uh, two months. Coffee Frame with a tier two, seven months. Loken Place, thank you for that 125 viewer uh, host earlier, right as we were going live. Thank you guys so much. And of course, if you do want to support us, uh, please consider supporting us in a variety of ways. You can subscribe to our Twitch channel. There's different uh, uh, tiers for everyone. And of course, you got a Prime sitting around. Consider using that or use it somewhere. Don't let your Prime go to waste. Becoming a patron, like I said, we've You're got... You're listening uh, to No Guts, No Galaxy. <laughs> like a boss there you go no guts no gags like a boss uh consider checking out our our store as well i'll go ahead, drop a link uh, for that in chat and if you're going to be doing any shopping on amazon uh utilize that our affiliate link we get kickbacks when you guys buy stuff uh and of course be sure to check out our website at no guts no galaxy.net uh uh twitch at ngng tv youtube at no guts no galaxy tv twitter at no guts no galaxy facebook at no guts no galaxy podcast and SoundCloud at No Guts No Galaxy. And for all the latest and greatest in mech porn t-shirts and mugs, be sure to check out NoGutsNoGalaxyStore.com. This was your local No Guts No Galaxy Mech Warrior podcast signing off for tonight. This is Phil. Until next time, Mech Warriors. Good night, Ash. Bye. See you. It'd be best if you avoid me. But I know you probably can't. You sense something is wrong with me. You can feel it on my skin, but there is more with Just a little off The truth is at one time I was But now I'm a robot Forever